Welcome, folks, to another episode of Ruminations of Red Rum. Today, I will be your host on this lovely episode. Joining me, oh, I am Ian. Two E's, the ghost of Ian. I messed that up for you, Kyle. Um, joining me virtually to my left, we have the man with a plan. The one, the four hit wonder. One of the carrying members of the Fantastic Four with us. Oh, I thought you were talking about oh, Thank God. I, I didn't get the man with the plan this time. Thanks, <laughs> God. Fantastic. <sighs> Brennan Jesus Ortega, Madison. Hello. Do you guys hear about those allegations against Mia Goth? Yeah. That's pretty fucked up. I hope oh, it's God. not Now true. we're going to get justice for Mia. Hashtags everywhere and shit. True. That, would, uh, that would hurt me. There we go. I mean, what if she just didn't like the guy? Or, the, or girl, whatever. Well, I, it's and, still, uh, it's still I assault. Kick somebody in the head I didn't like. It's a job, right? I don't think it's, you're supposed to do that. It's still job. assault. Wait, so are we for or against Mia? Against. We're, against the allegations. Against, against, yeah. against the true. actions. Against what could have happened. But what if it's true? Then there's I'm no against, defending I'm Mia Goth, right? I'm against her. Kicking I, someone in the face. And then and then cornering them in a bathroom and belittling. <laughs> okay, good, them. good. We're all on the same page because I feel like we live in a world. I feel like we live in a world now where somehow we'll justify what she did was okay, and yeah. then like justice for me, a goth. And I'm just hoping it wouldn't turn out like that if it's true. So I'm glad we're on the same page. Yeah, like, same it, page. If 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 it were me, I wouldn't care, and I'd be very honored. But <laughs> but I'm not going to victim shame, obviously. And that kind of train of thought is the reason why your algorithm on Twitter is the way it is. <laughs> so I just want to let you know. It's the dummy mommy. It's what he wants. It's what he wants. It's what he wants. Mm-hmm. You, wanna, you wanna Mikasa from Attack on Titan. Sure. I don't know what that is. I, um, I actually I'm gonna take back my agreement because I don't know what that is. <laughs> she's she's like the main she's one of the main girls. Um also joining us to my virtual right, we have our leader. Take me to your leader. <laughs> the 15th uh, Doctor. Not Doctor Strange. Doctor Who is sitting right next to me. Hey. Kyle with a K. Before we started recording, they said the vibes are off, which made it really weird because they always know how to make it like more awkward than it is. I'm just tired, guys. <laughs> I'm just waking up. I'm having my cup of coffee, so maybe your vibes are off. You know what I'm saying? But mine are just fine. How you doing, Ian? I'm I'm doing good. I'm also tired. I'm also I I had to like I'm very tired right now. I had to chug this mini um Gatorade orange. Mm. Not zero sugar. Mm. Um, oh just to get my like brain cells attached to one another because mm-hmm. I don't know. This morning I just felt very loose, kind of bleh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I've been getting really bad sleep lately. Been having this just thing in my shoulder that just oh i can't turn my head and i think i'm just getting old but uh it's uh it's been waking me up in the middle of the night and i've been sleeping very bad 
but uh, very tired right now. But I'm glad to be here. So glad to be here, just like Guillermo del Toro. Um, we're going to go into our weekly wrecks. What have you been up to? What have you watched, seen, played? Brendan Jesus Ortega, take it away. Uh, Ian, I think you might like this one. Uh, it's a yeah, you, you know, the other Ian. <laughs> Uh, um it's a found footage mockumentary uh called everybody dies by the end uh we uh we're gonna have the writer director and uh lead on for an interview in in a couple weeks uh, so that that's gonna be fun um but yes ian i think you'd really like it it's about a documentary filmmaker who goes to um, a compound that's run by a big cult uh, filmmaker. And he's going to make one last movie called Everybody Dies by the End, where everybody dies by the end. Um, that That's his pitch of the movie. Checks out. And it is probably one of the most enjoyable mockumentaries I, I think you're going to like the twists and turns it makes and uh, the lead actor. Uh, I forget his name in the movie, but uh, the actor's name is Vinny Curran. He is so fucking funny, just completely exudes charisma. Uh, and I, I, I think it's it's a very, very, very enjoyable movie. Does the director like set up the kills or is he just like a serial killer? Uh. He does not kill anybody. Just like John Kramer. (laughs) Classic. um, And also just still playing a shitload of Hades. That's all I got. Yeah. And sorry for the director of Everyone Dies at the End. I'm not allowed to watch it because apparently this was just an Ian recommendation and not a... (laughs) Oh, my God. uh, I wouldn't like it either. So um, (laughs) I can't watch it. I can't watch it. You hated Lake Mungo. Yeah, because so, it was a bad movie. So no, because I hate Lake Mungo, you heard it here. You heard it here first, folks. Because I hate Lake Mungo, I hate all mockumentaries. Yep. Okay. I'm just glad I'm. Uh, I'm just glad to be here. I'm just glad to be nominated. <laughs> just. Uh, and Kyle. Mm. Yeah. Which which been up to? Still going through my Far Cry uh, journey. Mm-hmm. I beat Far Cry Five. And I could justifiably say it is probably my least favorite. It's still a great game. Still very, very good. Um, What I don't like about it is that they focus too hard on the multiplayer aspect and making your avatar a characterless, voiceless shell. It's the first Far Cry where the, the main character you play doesn't have a voice, doesn't have a personality, doesn't have anything. So, I don't know, on, on that front, that was a big hit for me because I couldn't get invested in the character I was playing as because I guess they tied the whole gameplay loop around it being co-op. And so, Ian, question. Do you think... Okay, so that was probably a choice of the time. I mean, everything nowadays doesn't have like a main character and you're, you're yeah. just playing as yourself. But do you think that might have enhanced the gameplay since it is the only Far Cry to be like in our setting? No, but to that point, there was a lot of things that this Far Cry did new that I think did 
break it apart from the other ones in a good way, that is just something that I wouldn't have rather have had. I think that uh, the like the strong parts of the other Far Cry games are that the main characters are actually like really cool. They have a lot of character, and uh, the voice acting is really good. And I don't know, it was just something I was invested in. And in this, I think the supporting characters are probably the weakest out of all the Far Cry games. The big drawing point to me with the Far Cry stories is that the side characters and the people that you get quests from are just as interesting as like the main villains or the main character. They're very funny. Some of them are crazy. They all have like some witty little thing about them. And in this, they made so many characters because of the whole companion system that they're all just kind of, I don't know, they're not that interesting. Um, But the setting was cool. The villain was cool or the villains. Um, I just, I don't know. And they, they made a lot of like gameplay changes that I wasn't a fan of. Um, something as small as if you played the Far Cry games, you'll know what I'm saying. But like in other Far Cry games, you could heal without med kits. Um, you'll like take your like your broken finger will come on screen and it'll like break off or something. You'll crack it back in place and things like that. And it won't heal you as much as like other med kits do. But I don't know. It's like little things like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but um, it's it's I don't know. Wait, can you take a photo? I'm gonna take a photo. Of that. I already That's did. Cool. I already screenshotted it. What's the idea, Brennan? What's the idea? You look like an actor, but I can't put my feet. He, look, he looks like Mr. Beast. Oh my god! <laughs> but yeah, that's all I've been doing really is just playing the Far Cry games. Okay. Oh, I ha- I did start New Dawn as well. Don't know the hate for that one so far. I'm actually liking it more than Far Cry Five. Yeah. That one I cannot cannot agree with. But I haven't played How much did you play of it though? I, I gave it like two hours. And oh, I okay. Yeah. I was like, this is bunk. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play this, bro. Compared to what like is it about it that you didn't like? out of ten that I just played um from Far Cry five. Um the setting, the characters, the voice acting, the graphics. The graphics are like a downgrade from what I remember. No, they're not. It's it's definitely not. A well, you're playing it on uh, a different console than what it originally came on. No, I, I mean fair. I've been playing all the Far Cry's religiously, and I can tell you that like it's definitely not a graphical downgrade. They took the Far Cry Five engine; it's the same engine, and um, it looks almost identical to Five. Okay, but the uh, like the art direction is very different, so maybe that's what was throwing you off. Like they went for a very like. Uh, colorful approach, but it's not like a downgrade. I just remember a lot of booty cheeks and in the metaphorical term, and so I stopped playing. Hmm. Uh, can you please disconnect your, your camera and plug it back in or something? No, I can't. No. I cannot look at that anymore. <laughs> Literally, <Hey>. Mr. Beast. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good now. It's good. Okay. <laughs> Um, what have you been up to? Far Cry Grind. Um, I have just been watching a bunch of anime. Uh, I uh, watched <laughs> Solo Leveling. Um, second episode I have not watched. It came out this week. Super hyped for that. Um, and because of that, I've been reading a lot of manhwa, which is uh, essentially like Korean manga. Um, that's been cool. Um, finished Chainsaw Man. 
um, the anime season one, and I was pretty disappointed on where it stopped. Wait, the the show? Yeah, the the show. It took you this long to finish the show? Uh, I just didn't want to watch it because I knew where it ended, and I just like it's not enough. Gotcha. Okay. In my opinion, Um, but season two is gonna be absolutely mind-blowing insanity bonkers off the wall so many different characters are going to be introduced so many different waifus and villains and twists and turns and everything is going to pop off in season two cannot wait for that um not this movie coming up the reza movie coming up that's going to be it's going to be okay it's going to be pretty good but um season two it's going to be hype uh and then i watched the movie the week in the discord which was heather's and I know this gets a lot of hype from the uh, horror community. Um, I just thought it was mid. I just thought it was okay. Like, there was a lot of stuff that I didn't like, and there was a lot of stuff that I just thought were okay. It was, it was like, I, I guess I don't really, I guess I had to be there or had to, like, watch this at a younger age or something, but it just didn't hit me. And I also thought it was uh, true romance, so I was expecting different scenes <laughs> to pop up, and those did not come. And it was how, just a school you, teen movie. How do you get Heather's and True Romance mixed up? I think they're. I think they might have like similar. Oh, because they both have Christian Slater in them. Yeah, Christian Slater. They both have like two people on the cover. I, I think, and they're both like like cult classics. And um, I was just expecting. Everything that I was that I've heard from True Romance, I was expecting in Heather's End. Mm. Uh, so I might have also just been disappointed because of that. Teen suicide, don't do it. Yeah, yeah. But um, and I I, I, I enjoy that movie. I looked at Dom's rating. She also gave it a three stars, which is surprising. I would have thought that would have been a Dom movie, but she did give it a heart though. She did uh, okay. That was that was going to be my question. Yeah, but um, I don't think she's logged ginger snaps, and I'm curious to f- see what she because she's it's five. The it's, most it's gonna critical be a five. person. It's gonna be a box. five. It's gonna be a five. That's she, her. That that's her jam. She loves. She loves ginger snaps. I would be surprised if she didn't give it a five. I'd be surprised. You think? Yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. She just gave another five last night. Um, which was. Lord of the Rings. She just watched Return of the King for the first time. Damn, that's the second movie, right? Third, third. Oh, the last one. Yeah, we've been slowly going through the whole trilogy, and uh, we just finally finished it. And very nice. It's perfect. I don't. Did you guys give all the movies five out of five? Or no? I get. Well, I can't remember which she gave the whole trilogy, but I. Fellowship is my favorite, the first one. So that one got a five for me. The Two Towers, I gave a a four and a half. And Return of the King is a five. It's the best trilogy of all time. Yeah. Whenever I I think about that trilogy, I I always misremember the second one as the Twin Towers, which I think is just (laughs) ingrained American PTSD. Well, the Two Towers was actually based off of (laughs) original (laughs) incident that happened. (laughs) I believe it came out when, when did it come out like came around the same time actually yeah. mm. uh well return of the king no, came no, out no, in no, 2003 no, 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 no. no it came out like it, 2001 or two 
Do you remember when Spider-Man 1 or 2 came out? I can't remember. It's 1. And they, uh, and they, I think, delayed the release by like a month so that they could paint the Twin Towers out of it. Yeah, in the original Spider-Man trailer, the Twin Towers are in it. Yeah. Yeah. And he catches a helicopter in between them. Yeah. Are you you joking? (laughs) Let's cancel Sam Raimi. I mean, there was no way of knowing. So, yeah. I wonder if that goblin scene was on the Twin Towers, supposed to be on the Twin Towers. That would have been disappointing. Love Green Goblin. But we're we're not here to talk about. But we're here to talk about the Green Goblin. (laughs) We're not here to talk about Lou Ferrigno taking down the Green Goblin. We're not here to talk about no Twin Towers related content. We're here to talk about the 2005 absolute mega banger classic saw two and brendan's here to give us those can i do it? <laughs> <clears throat> i was fucking waiting for Written by Lee Winnell and Darren Lynn Bowsman and directed by Darren Lynn Bowsman, Saw 2 is the hit follow-up. Uh, my god, dude, my handwriting is so fucking bad. Can someone please just, like, tell me to type this shit up? Uh, Saw 2 is the hit follow-up to the even bigger hit film, Saw. Saw 2 immediately began production after the mega-successful opening weekend of Saw. Juan and Winnell had already begun working on Dead Silence, leaving Winnell sparingly available for rewrites of the script. Bowsman had finished his script, which was written before Saw, uh, called The Desperate. Um, Eventually, the script came before producer Greg Hoffman, and The Desperate would become the starting bones for Saw 2. Cast members had to sign NDAs, rewrites were shredded, and only the actors in the twist ending were provided the full feature script, which I think is uh, pretty cool. Uh, On a $4 million budget, Saw 2 brought in $147.7 million worldwide, and I I believe that this is still the highest grossing Saw film in America and Canada. Um, That might have changed with Saw X. I did not. uh, Only America and Canada? (laughs) Right. <laughs> um, uh, while filming the needle pit scene, a real needle actually fell into the pit, prompting a four-day halt in production. Uh, which oh, I did have to find the needle mistake. in the needle sack. Classic mistake. Yeah, interesting. Um, the original poster for Saul Two had two severed arms on it as Roman numerals for the number two, uh, but had to be immediately recalled because it broke MPAA restrictions. I remember seeing that image though. It, or, or am I, I thinking I've, of the fingers? I'm thinking of the fingers, huh? You fingers, might be which is the, the yeah, it is the the current one, right? Mm. Yeah. That's what um, I'm thinking. Of. Unfortunately, this was producer Greg Hoffman's last film, as he did die in 2005. But I still believe that he has a producer credit um, on every single Saw film after this, um, and a character and, named after him. Yeah. Um, and in another unfortunate twist of events, Henry Rollins backed out of filming last minute uh, as the character of Xavier due to schedule conflicts, which well, Ian, we'll, we'll cover that. We'll cover that. Um, Wait, who's he, Xavier? Uh, he's, he's 
he's the guy that goes crazy and cuts the number off the back of his neck. Oh, that would have been so good right. as Henry Rollins, dude. That would have been perfect. Um, as a film hailed as superior to its predecessor, Saul 2 would be the start of the franchise's turn from horror thriller to bloody torture porn. But how do we feel about it, though? Was this film as enjoyable as a spiked bat to the head? Let's find out. <laughs> <laughs> That was a that was a transition. <laughs> but um we are going to get into our first thoughts. If you remember watching it for the first time, go ahead and tell us. Would you buy it? Where'd you watch it? Kyle. Let's let's sandwich our opinions with a good, bad, and good. Because we both know you guys are gonna love it. So let's go <laughs> Brendan first. <laughs> Uh, so my, my first time watching this, uh, I meant to tell this story on the Saul episode, but, uh, time did not permit the first time I watched Saul one and Saul two. Uh, I think three was the first one, three or four was the first one that I saw. I think three first I saw in theaters. Um, wow, you, you started with three. Yeah. Uh, uh, a bunch of my <clears throat> family on my dad's side, we went to, uh, their cabin in the Poconos um, like towards the end of December. So it was like a big family get together. Um, All right. And there was like nine or 10 inches of snow by the time we got there. It was, it was as picturesque as you can imagine. And uh, my cousin and I were looking for something to do while all of the adults got pissed drunk. Uh, so she had saw one and saw two on DVD. So we watched those uh, next to the fireplace on a little portable DVD player. Dude, that um, sounds awesome. With snow just billowing down in the background. Um, it was, it, it's a very core memory for me. Um, and I actually, I reached out to her to let her know that we were covering the Saw franchise and she brought that story up. So it, it's, uh, I, there's a lot of nostalgia um, in, obviously you guys know I love the fucking franchise. Um, last night I watched it on, the singular DVD that I have not in the, the complete collection pack. Um, there's just something about watching movies on DVD, like DVDs that are from 2005, 2006. Yeah. I actually think I'm going to downgrade my Blu-ray set to the DVD to a DVD copy, because I think that something like a saw movie deserves mm -hmm. to be shown on a DVD for, for some reason. I don't know. Yeah, and it I, might I be like the grit or I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I I want us to talk about that at at some point if if we can. Um, let's but... do it now. Let's do it now. Let's talk about it now. Okay. Um, <clears throat> this. Do you think? Uh, do you think there's like? Do you think it's going to get to a point to where people? I mean, I think based on you guys, it's already it's already getting there. But like, people listen to vinyl records for the scratch in music. People listen for like certain things that they want to hear. Now it's going to be certain things visually that they want to reminisce on or they think there's a certain kind of image quality that a movie should have i think that based on nostalgia yes but also it, it it could depend on the the art i think something like saw um definitely deserves to be it's, it's a very gritty nasty dirty movie and i think it deserves to be shown in a very similar way and I think uh, DVD or even VHS would be like perfect for a Saw franchise. 
I think that is perfectly said because depending on like the art style of the movie and things like that, and I say art style, not in this like hand drawn or whatever, but I mean like just the visual style of the movie, uh, sometimes when it's in a higher resolution like 4k and i've seen things like this it like really calls out the cgi and really calls out like the set designs in like a negative way like you could see you could the see character the production makeup. yeah you could see the production oh, yeah. in it when the like the quality of the the visuals is too high so yeah i think you have something going on there with that it, it could also ruin the um art direction sometimes mm -hmm. i feel like showing off uh too much um is it might not be what the director wanted mm -hmm. you know it it's uh i i'm heavily ingrained in saw twitter and it's funny that you bring that exact question up because yesterday someone in saw twitter um did a full 4k scan of a singular shot of adam's apartment from saw one and they are going frame by frame through this, picking out every single piece of detail that you can't even see in the movie. Um, so I, I think it's funny that that this conversation is coming up. But Ian, I, I, I completely agree with you. I think uh, a film like Saul really excels visually in this medium. But I'm also someone, I don't give a shit about 2K. I don't give a shit about 4K. To me, there is literally zero difference between 1080 and 4K. It looks the fucking same. It does not matter to me. Uh, the the whole frame rate thing, like it, it, it only matters when you're adjusting frame rate to give a different feel to a scene. It does not matter to me. Yeah, I can't disagree with you more. But um, I do. Just the way things are made to look look a certain way, it goes on both ends of the spectrum. It's not just muddy and shitty. Like certain things do look better at a higher fidelity um, and a higher resolution. That's just that's just facts. Um, so there's really nothing to argue with that. But um, I do like that point that you made, Ian, about the um, art direction of a film, and I think that's like a huge, huge reason why you could be selective on which franchises or movies that you pick for certain uh formats i like that i like that and, a lot and also uh you could probably see that in some criterion films as well like some films like uh uh, uh the russian war movie i think it's called like come and see mm -hmm. um that film looks really good on the blu-ray that i have but i feel like it just being on like a reel or something like seeing it in the 80s in a movie theater would have just made it such a more authentic version of the film well it's it's the same reason why like um some artistic director or directors they choose to play their films in 70 millimeter as opposed to digital and things like that in in movie theaters when they re-release them so yeah there's definitely something to it for sure fuck yeah we had this great conversation on the saw two episode love it um brendan did you have any final thoughts no nope, i counted the outside shots in this movie there's three outside shots and that's what makes this a good saw movie all right kyle it is with the meat we have to keep the outside counter on every saw that has to be a continuous thing so. i yep i in in if you want me to tell you uh so where are we at now? Yeah. Ooh. Okay. So the, the three shots, the first one is an outside overcast shot. So we're going to let that one slide. Um, the second shot is of the SWAT team pulling up to the building and it's pretty dark outside. So I'm going to give that one a point. Um, and the third one is 
the scene of Eric Matthews and Jigsaw driving the to the house. Yeah. And that's pitch black outside, so that gets two points. <laughs> two points. <laughs> um, uh, question. So uh, in Saw 1 in the parking lot, are you counting that as an outside shot? That's an inside uh, shot. That's an inside parking structure, right? Yeah, inside parking okay. structure. Yeah, that counts as inside, in my opinion. I don't think there's any I outside mean, shots. Brennan's the final judge on this thing. This is his list, but I feel like that's an inside Because usually parking lots are, they have like openings to the outer, outer world. We don't see know? any openings. The though. outer <laughs> world. <laughs> what is happening? All right. So I'm going to get into the my thoughts and meet. Guys, strap in. It's time to jump in that time machine. We're going back to 2005. This was a very pivotal year for Kyle. You know, many dates, going on many movie dates with the with the old high school lady, right? So, Saw 2, The Descent, Constantine, House of Wax, Hostel, The Devil's Rejects, Land of the Dead, Wolf's Creek, Ring 2. This year was slammed with horror movies, okay? And this movie was no exception. Uh, the hype for this movie was so insane. We talked about already on the Saw 1 episode how every kid on the playground was talking about the twist at the end of Saw 1. Every kid was talking about it. So the hype level for this movie was out of control. Um, I went with a group of friends. One of them was a high school girlfriend. It was a date. It was a date. Um, and we, we all saw Saw 2. Now, in my mind's eye, Saw 2 was always better than Saw. Saw 2 was always the better movie. It was bigger. It was better. It was crazier. And that was in high school, the high school mind of Kyle. Fast forward to 2024. <laughs> Fast forward to 2024, and Kyle watches the film at home on his 4K TV in 60 MPS. Um, MPS. <laughs> miles per hour. 60 miles per hour. No. Um, this movie is... I don't know. It's. I feel like what made Saw 1 so magical, it, it kind of lost a lot of that in Saw 2. And I think this movie has the same trajectory as the first one, whereas the last quarter of the film is where it's 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 strongest. I just think this movie is plagued... If you're going to like... From an unbiased perspective of the film, I feel like that it's riddled with problems down to the like the melodramatic acting and the bad writing and like little things to where like just for an example the first thing that comes to mind is when he's talking uh what's the main actor's name or the main character uh Mr. Matthews yes when he's talking to Jigsaw and he's like so they call you Jigsaw huh and Jigsaw's like, I never did anything to encourage that nickname. And I'm like, aside from cutting Jigsaw pieces out of people's <laughs> body, I was like, you did nothing to encourage it. Okay. Um, just little things like that. And um, the, the set design did step up a little bit, even though it was kind of just like a little house. There's only like two locations that they're primarily filming in. But I don't know. It, it just, it, what made Saw 1 so special was like the buildup and the mystery behind what, I, like, behind what everything was going on, who Jigsaw was, and this just kind of, like, it had a really, like, a lot of, like, it had big shoes to fill. And I just don't think that it was successful in the direction that it went. I do think there's some strong moments in the film, and I think that the last quarter of it is kind of cool. 
I think they played the jigs or the saw theme a little bit too early. They shouldn't have played it twice. I think they should have played it at the final they reveal. Played it three times. Um, yeah, and I think that was playing into it a little too much. But overall, um, it's a it's a pretty entertaining film. Uh, it's just there's it's just too many problems with it. And to piggyback on what Kyle just said, um, I love this movie. This is an absolute <laughs> banger. This is the peak of the Saw franchise for me personally. Okay. I love this film. Um, uh, it's bigger, badder, better. Every it's, It enhances everything, everything from Saw 1. In my opinion, um, the story, the acting, the literally everything like the kills, the traps, the the art style, like it, it even the first the very first scene of the movie, it goes back to that uh, to the reverse bear trap um, style. And uh, I think it gives you like a kind of an insight. And it also it, where this move, where the franchise goes, I think this is the most saw movie in the franchise go Brendan, uh so uh uh i i got re i was really drunk last night when i watched this and i was so hyped at the end of it i just put saw three on and i watched all of that um instead of going to bed at a normal hour uh and now i'm not going to compare this movie to saw three um but i think watching them back to back kind of opened my eyes to Saw 2 is a completely different formula than Saw 1. Saw 2, we get the the beginning equations of um trap house, outer lane cop story, and how they how they interact with each other. So w with that in mind, how how do you feel about how they executed the start of this formula that's going to take over the whole franchise? Unlike godzilla franchise where i fucking hate how every like tw uh 70 of the freaking movies were either doctors or uh point of views from from scientists or the military the, they had two options and every single fucking godzilla movie was those two options mm -hmm. this franchise it's it's just one it's one thing it's the it's the people who are trapped and then the detectives who are trying to piece everything together. And um, that's what this movie sets up. Mm -hmm. And um, I like it. I liked uh, Officer Matthews, not just because I'm biased because it's uh, Donnie Wahlberg, but um, I, it's because I'm biased because Donnie, it's Donnie Wahlberg. I and love I like what, Dead Silence. I feel I, like this question yeah. is more tailored to people who have seen the other films, so I can't really mm -hmm. comment on it. Yeah, no, that that that's fair. Well, you you've seen three. Oh, uh, I, dude, I I honestly oh, okay. do not remember it at all. That's fair. But I did also see three in theaters, and I don't remember it. That's the last one I saw. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Once we get to like three, four, or five, you'll. Once we get to six, okay. shit is going to be going off the walls. And then the story just it's just even better. You're going to be like the the who is that? Is it uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Where he's like. In the in the chalkboard right in front of him, and he's like trying to figure out everything. Yeah, he's I like, really don't me. agree though that the I think the situations and the traps in this one are actually weaker compared to one. Really? Perfectly. Yeah, I do like I do like the first one. Mm -hmm. I do like the first trap, 
but everything else yeah. doesn't seem like a trap designed for a specific person which is intentional because it's a group of people i understand that but like i feel like each room they walk in is meant for somebody based on like the card that is drawn or the name that's drawn and then it's never really that person that actually goes through the trap um well and i i think that kind of goes into the uh the not all the people in in the house are are scumbags but if xavier's a scumbag Abby's a scumbag. Uh, wait, do you think Xavier's not a scumbag? No, no, no. no. I just you're the comment on like everyone. Some of no. the people aren't scumbags. I feel like all of them are pretty, pretty scumbags. I mean, Dylan's not. Uh, the um, he's a little shit. He's a little shit, but he's not a scumbag. Um, that that blonde chick. She. We, we don't even. We, we don't even. Dylan. Find out. Who's, who's Dylan? Uh, Eric Matthews' son, Daniel. That's Daniel. Yeah. Daniel, sorry. Um, like the furnace kill is just that's pretty weak. It's basic. Just lights a guy on fire. Um, I mean, do you guys like? Well, I don't okay, want to break so, down the traps yet. Sorry. So like, we can't. Do you guys in, think that the traps in this one are better? Yes, because every single trap yeah. is possible, with the exception of the needle pit. Every single trap is possible to avoid because every single trap has a lock on it. And it's the key that they put in the door at the very beginning that blows the guy's brain. So that's out. what you're basing off of? That it's that it's like what like so what's your so what's your basis? Like why do you all, think it's better? Because they're all avoidable? Yeah, every single one is avoidable. All they that's have to, better? Yeah, all they had to do is work together, but they can't put their differences aside. What about you, Ian? Do you like are you judging the traps on like the traps? Like Fair how ability. cool they are or how violent they are or how it creative they are, or are you basing them off of if they're possible to get out? Um, I'm going to say neither. I like, I'm more of a situations kind of guy. Me too. Yeah. Um, and I like how this film switches up everything that the first film did, which um, the first film was like one person per trap other than the, um, the, the bathroom scene. And in the bathroom scene, they work perfe perfectly together. Um, there's no real like argument there. They, they don't really, you know, they're not very opposite, but in this film, everyone is opposite. Everyone's out to be super selfish, super, um, just trying to like the uh, survival of the fittest. And I think, um, that's also where this direction of the franchise goes. Um, and I like that it kind of mixed things up. Um, taking out the entire franchise, though, I do like that this film kind of just did the opposite of what the first film did. But back to the traps. I think the traps were memorable. I think they're very memorable. I think that um, everyone knows the needle pit trap. I think that's probably the, if not like the most notable trap in the entire franchise series. Behind the is reverse it, bear trap. Is it the only trap in the franchise that you can't die from? That's a long death. <laughs> That's a <laughs> so long death. Like, yes. Is it the only you trap really that you die can die from that trap? So like, is it a, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, That's a good question. I'm trying to think. No, I guess that's where uh, my head was at when Saul, I was watching. Saul this Five movie. has has a bunch that aren't that you that you wouldn't die from. 
Like, I feel like the first one, because again, I'm not going to compare. I haven't seen the other ones. But like the first one, I feel like it's a, like, a lot of do or die situations. And in this one, it, it, it didn't seem that way with a, a, a few of them. Like even with the furnace, like the, all it takes is like a second of observation. Yeah. Like the, the thing is attached to the chain. Just don't pull the chain. You're fine. Yeah. Or, or like, uh, what's the other one? Uh, the the, one need, that was the needle is padlocked to the chain. Wait, what now? The the needle. Oh, I didn't uh, see it padlock. I just yeah. saw it hanging from the chain. Got you, got you. But also, he no, just. I, I, then, I, in I, that, I, so then, in that sense, that makes the trap like <coughs> impossible, right? No, it's the the key that they put into the door that blows mm-hmm. the guy's brain out. The first guy that dies in the house. Oh, that's to the padlock. Yeah, that 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 key is universal to every single padlock on. All the traps. Oh, that, that makes sense. Gotcha. Because when they were like just throwing the key around, eventually that one dude, like he picks it up and it's pretty, it's, it's notable. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And it just shows that like everyone isn't working. Sure is, how do you padlock a, a syringe? I think just like where the, like, oh shit, where like the thing where you, you put your fingers in oh, to like keep yeah, it steady. I'm trying to visualize it. I'm like, hmm. Oh, and the the trap where the girl puts her her hands in the razors. Yep, there's a padlock Jesus. there. That one. That, that one's super my, easy. That, that one's made my brain hurt. You literally just have to not put one hand in it because yeah. the other hand you could just like spread the things out and yeah. went down. That one's like so. She got it so easy and she fucked yeah. it up. I was yeah. like, oh god. Yeah. Which if it spilled, why would you put your hand in on the other side? Mm-hmm. The syringe is already I, gone at that point. Yeah. yeah. The the only thing I could think is like shock or trauma like like in the was, moment yeah she was dying yeah. yeah she was actively dying yeah. um what the fuck is an obi abby <laughs> it's my name i like it's how he says, i like how he says it's abby and they play the recorder and, and jigsaw's like hello obi. Obi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay <laughs> can we talk about um the one guy that is uh Oh wait, no, never mind. I'm confusing something. Disregard. Um also another thing I love about this film are the transitions. The transitions this, are yeah. baller. They did keep those from the first game or from yes. the, first, the first movie. So yeah, that was They're so good. Um when uh the Wahlberg walks out of the I can't I can't remember yes. where he's walking from, but he walks out and then it goes into like, like the detective room. I was like, all right, all right. I think he walks from, his, from apartment his apartment to the, yeah, yeah, to yeah, the yeah, station. It's so yeah, good, station. bro. It's very uh it's very it calls back to the first saw where uh it has like Morgan Freeman's face and then like Morgan Freeman. Danny Glover. I I'm gonna bring up Morgan Freeman in every song. I'm gonna try to find a way. No, when Danny Glover's in his car and then the car like goes to like, yeah. pull off and then like it transitions with the yeah. That's something the Saw franchise it keeps up. I think in one movie they just like don't do it at all and it, it kind of pissed me off. But um another thing I loved is the uh when they first see Jigsaw and his like uh He's like all strapped up and he's like, they're like, get on the crown. He's like, that's not possible. I'm afraid I can't. <laughs> and it, sh- it shows the, it shows the medicine and the, the, the saline and all that in the style of like a saw trap. 
Oh, like the like, editing? Yeah, like yeah. the editing is like, yeah, yeah. and he's in his own trap. It's it's so funny. I love that. That same scene makes me crack up every time. Not not that scene. I'm sorry, but when uh, I keep forgetting his name, the main detective, Eric Matthews. When he calls his son's cell phone, his and Jigsaw did the recording for his voicemail. He's like, I'm sorry, but Eric can't answer the phone right now, or Daniel can't answer the phone right now. That shit cracks me up every time, dude. Every time. Uh, yeah, like he went out of his way to record his voicemail. It's the right kind of cringy. Oh, I also like the um uh when the SWAT team comes in and it's like one of the first traps, they are going up the stairs. And the door locks and closes, and it like smashes that dude's yeah. shins in. Brutal. That one. That one won't leave me. That, one, <laughs> that one's brutal. Um, it also introduces a bunch of characters that are going to be in the other Saw franchise films. Yes, which is cool. You you know you know it would be fun a, a fun game uh, for at the end of each one of these for Kyle to guess either which characters are going to be in the next movie or um actually yeah yeah which, which characters and which storylines aren't going to follow through yeah, should we start with this one yeah well yeah i mean i have no idea. i mean none of the characters in this movie seem important enough to carry over all the characters are lame in a lot of ways so i don't really know like uh like i don't remember a single character's name in this movie like not a single character. None of them are likable. I don't care oh, not who close. dies. <laughs> I don't care who dies. <laughs> like, um, I mean, uh, it, it, I, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Okay. That's fair. Can, can we talk about how the reason Michael is in the Venus flytrap is because he's an informant? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this goes back to our conversation in the first one where he's he's killing people for willy-nillies at this point. Like, he just... Yeah. Murder people. is distasteful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know. And even says he's like, I've never killed anyone. <laughs> it just made me laugh. Um, it, but each... You can see in each saw, like, he is a piece of shit. He thinks he's a, this some kind of mastermind, but he's really, like, a dumb fucking murderer. Oh, he's not dumb. Let's not go that far. He's an engineer. Yes. <laughs> Time, ma Time Magazine's not, not engineer. Black, like, <laughs> a dumb person doesn't get this intricate with his kills. <laughs> he's not dumb, but like, yeah, he is kind of like in some ways. He's super hypocritical. Yeah. And like, he's he definitely has like a God complex in like a way, but like he doesn't like, I don't know. Yeah, he's not dumb. I feel like if so, imagine being the one guy who fucks up his order at a restaurant. Oh, they're fucked. <laughs> you gave me five chicken nuggets. I ordered six. Instant That's neck breaker. <laughs> neck breaker. <laughs> I call this one the nugget rearranger. By <laughs> cheating me out of that chicken nugget, you have to understand that take advantage of people is, is not. <laughs> blatantly lie when you give people their nuggets. <laughs> when someone pays for six nuggets, you can't give them five. Yeah, so basically, with the conversations that we're having, you have to understand that, like, this, this franchise is corny as fuck. Yeah. This is a very corny franchise. And I think that's where my disconnect was when I started 
Like once I went to Saw 3, I don't remember the movie, but I remember walking out of that theater, even at my age of like 18 or whatever, and going, yeah, this is not for me. Like mm -hmm. it, it just went in a way where I was like, this is, I don't know. It just kind of, but, but on the flip side, on the flip side, I love when a horror movie embraces it and like knows when they're corny, but I just don't think that that's what this is doing, which, which is my problem. I mean, it's got the same writer as the first one, Lee Winnell. So uh, he mainly did rewrites, though. Yeah, I was gonna say there's no <laughs> way he wrote this like completely. Yeah, th this is almost all Darren Lynn Bowsman. Yeah. Well, I like his trilogy or quad quadri quadrilogy. Quad quadrilogy. Uh, yeah, he did two, three, and, and four. The, the Chris Rock movie. Right. Two, three. No, no Darren Lynn Bowsman did five. Wait, Darren Lynn Bowsman did Jigsaw. Three, four. He does four movies. He does, he does four. Um, lastly, I just want to go over the twist. I think um, this is a better twist than the first movie. Oh, no, 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 no. no. I am alone here. You are fucking Dude, out of but it's fine. Fine. The traps are better. The twist it's is better. The fine, get, get out of here, bro. Yeah, I mean, yeah, hey, and I'm way I'm, more entertaining. Is it not? It's not. Uh, I it's faster pace. Entertaining yeah. is not I think I'll what give you're you saying, entertaining. Though. Yeah, entertaining is not what you're saying though. Like just for like a movie could this movie was entertaining. Is it a good movie? No, it's not a good movie. <laughs> but the tr the twist, there's no way that you could say the twist for Saw 2 is better than Saw 1. There's no way. Yeah, I can't I can't I side it. with you I on love that. The twist. I, I love the twist. The twist is great. Twist he's is in good. A, he's in a safe space. The twist He's is in good. a safe space. The sun is in the safe. Corny he just as hell. Had to play the game. He's in a safe. It's corny. Like it's good. The twist is good. But like, come on, bro. But I respect that you like it more. Sorry, I'm not trying to take away from the fact that you like it more. But it's fine. No, I I know I'm in the minority. It's fine. I just love this movie. I I think I think I just have too too much nostalgia for this film. Um. Uh can I also say uh, one thing that I really, really enjoy, um, and this is something that's going to become a mainstay throughout the franchise, is the scenes of detectives, um, you know, just kind of staring off into space, and then uh, uh, like a quick cut to them, like going bananas, and then a cut back to mm -hmm. them just staring again. Like that, that carries over so much. But I love how this is really the first time we get that with Eric Matthews. He's just dead face staring at Jigsaw, and then it cuts to him like fucking screaming. <laughs> um, but then he goes over, he breaks Jigsaw's finger. That's which I, I, I love that. I want um, you to go back and when they're in the hallway and she says X marks the spot and she <laughs> takes the fucking portrait or the, the frame off the wall and turns it around. Can you tell me why the picture of Eric and Daniel oh, yeah. is photoshopped? They, they, they're, you could have just took a picture of them. <laughs> like it's little, you, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's not that, like I, you, it's the, I, I, of the film. It's so they, bad. And they're, it's they're so bad. They play into that bit so much throughout the rest of the franchise because there is never a photo that you see that is not photoshopped. But why? <laughs> like why? It's the art style. Because like oh in, in the in the scene where Eric Matthews gets Dylan out of his little shoplifting Daniel out of his shoplifting charge, they're walking together outside. Yeah. They could have took a picture. <laughs> it, 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 it's it's. It, it. 
Kyle's hair was like exist in the same timeline. Like emo at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> now it just looks like Willy Wonka. <sighs> oh, that's funny. Um, to go back to your uh thing, Brendan, about the like showing the detective calm and then like a quick edit of him like going bonkers and then calm again. Um, it looks silly and very dated for the time, but. As someone someone who's like interest interested in filmmaking and eventually wants to make a film himself, I think that um, I like it. And if I did a film, I would put that that style in a film. Because I I don't know. I just I I, like I think I think it works. It yeah. it's it, you know people okay. people complain so much about how scripts are overwritten. And and actors, you know, say their feelings, say what you will about the script for Saul 2. But one of the things that this franchise, I think, does right is finding new and creative ways to show you the mental state of the character without having to say Eric Matthews is furious. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, the style's cool. It's just the placement and the editing of it. You yeah. Know? That's what's bad. Yeah. So, like, the style of it's cool to show his, like, emotion, his mental state, whatever. That's all cool. I get that. I think that's the point of it. It's obvious. But it's it's where they place it, where they edit it together and stitch together, which makes it, uh, Brendan, like you said, very silly, very out of place. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's when you... When you also, though, who wants to make a movie one day and uh, who wants to direct and stuff, I would never do that in my film. And that's why art is subjective. Hell yeah. That's why art is subjective. Um, I think we've had a fantastic conversation about this film and about physical media and re- media restoration. Uh, I think it's time that we end this uh that we end this conversation. What do you guys think? <laughs> <laughs> uh we are going to get into our final thoughts and ratings folks and i'm gonna start with kyle with god i gotta i gotta listen to two back-to-back praises of this film yep uh uh three with no heart i'll take it (laughs) quick me trying to get over with (laughs) me you you me you me you me you you, me uh very enjoyable entertaining film for me i am gonna go on record to say i do not think it's better than saw one thank god thank god we agree on something (laughs) i think saw three is the best of the trilogy um (laughs) and uh, And that's what me and kyle are gonna agree (laughs) that it's the best of the trilogy that it's not (laughs) oh oh, okay okay um yeah super enjoyable film uh i could watch this franchise any day at any time no matter what mood i'm in no matter what's going on in my life there's just something that i find comforting about the saw movies and maybe that makes me sound like a psycho but uh it's just a fun fun (laughs) movie uh i will give this a four and a heart and my final rating, um, this is my favorite one in the franchise. Um, if we gave decimals, it would be higher than Saw 1 for me. Didn't you give that um, a 5? 
I gave that a four out of five. Oh, okay. You gave it a five. You're the only one I gave it a five. Okay. Which is bonkers to me. But um, I'm going to give this a four out of five with a heart, which gives this movie, the 2005 Saw 2, a 3.6 repeating, which averages to a 3.5 stars with a heart. You really think it's bonkers for somebody to give Saw a five star? No. I was going to say, it makes more sense for somebody to give Saw a five stars than somebody to give this movie a four stars. <laughs> in my opinion. In my I think um, <laughs> start of a freaking, uh, of, a, of a genre. It's, of a, it's billion, Saw, Saw of a billion dollar franchise. Of not just a franchise, but like the torture porn genre. Like it was super influential and Saw 1 is a very important film. So And, and it's just a better film. Debatable. Um, do real quick. Do do we agree that the term torture porn has been kind of co opted to sound and be a negative thing? No, because I I feel like a lot of times people use the term torture porn to be derogatory towards a film. I mean, you can definitely do that, but um, I think it's just a genre. I think that's just a it's just a genre name. No. I feel like it was probably the term itself was probably made to be derogatory, but maybe horror fans embraced it and just gotcha. adapted it. I don't know. Sure. I've never sure. seen somebody use it in the context of like, oh yeah, that movie's trash. It's it's just torture porn. It's just torture porn, bro. Like I've never seen anybody say it like that. Mm-hmm. Personally. I'm sure I there's can, people out there. I'm I can sure. I can see it being said yeah. though. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's people out there. By by some kind of critics. Um but with that being said, we are going to take our thicky, milky, slushy th- piss break of the episode. Please enjoy a word from our sponsors. What's up, gang? This is Hoptimus. You've been listening to one of the great new podcasts from Ruminations Radio Network. If you want some more tasty sound vibes, come check out my new podcast, The Retro Futurist Culture, where we talk about alternate timelines, cyberpunk, anime, and other crazy worlds. If that does not strike your fancy, we have plenty of other great shows at RuminationsRadioNetwork.com. And welcome back, folks. This is the point in the episode where we are going to get into our what's in the box segment, a segment that gets um, the description gets messed up quite often. And um, that's why I will opt out of it this time. What's in the box is a game where we take the letterboxed app and the host will read the description of the film. We will then have to guess the star rating within a 0.3. If we get that correct, we get a point. From there, we will go on to the decade. If we get the decade correct, we will get another point. And if you get the decade correct, you are able to try and guess the year on the date for a third point. Gentlemen, are you ready? Fuck. See, whatever. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah, I'm ready. All right, give it to us, Brendan. <laughs> All right. Uh, Kyle literally wants to fucking kill himself right now. He's so cute. Um, these, these, you know, covering movies like this. Um, you know, look, look, look. 
dude. Brendan, you know I love you. You know I love you more than anything in the world. <clears throat> but Ian, I don't love you as much. That's why I didn't say it. But <laughs> obviously, the, the the reason why just these movies, like, never mind. It doesn't matter. Go ahead. See whatever. I do want to hear. Um, don't misbehave. Crazed members of a satanic family return to their childhood home to terrorize the new owners. 2.7. I'm going to go 2.5. So we have a 2.7 and a 2.5. This is sitting at a 2.9. Kyle gets the point. Guess the decade. 2000s. 2010s. 2010s was my second guess. This is in the 2010s. Brendan, guess the point. Guess the... Uh, uh, hmm. uh, oh, shit. Shit, shit, shit. Uh, can you read the description again? Ooh, this is the first. Don't misbehave. Crazed members uh, of a satanic family return to their childhood home to terrorize the new owners. Okay. I'm wrong. Uh, I'll say... Oh, 2013. This is the 2010 film directed by Darren Lynn Bozeman, Mother's Day. Okay. Remake. Is it? I mean, there's a Mother's there's Day... From the 80s. Oh. It's a Vinegar Syndrome release. Oh, okay, okay. Number two. One town, one night, ten chilling stories. Ten stories from horror's top directors. Ghost schools, monsters, and the devil delight in terrorizing unsuspected residents of a suburban neighborhood on Halloween night. Suburban Halloween night 2.9 3.1 It's an anthology so it could go either way really 3.1 2.9 Brendan gets awarded the point This is sitting at a 2.7 You guys can both guess the decade uh, 2010s. Twenty tens. Both getting points on that. Guess the year. I'm gonna stick with thirteen. I'm feeling gabagoo. Gabagoo. <laughs> I'm feeling uh, 2011. So we got 2011, 2013. Yep. This is an odd year. But neither of you got the point. This is the 2015 anthology series, Tales of Halloween. Oh, I know the cover for that one. Mm -hmm. Haven't like watched. Yeah. Number three, final round. True love takes sacrifice. A couple on holiday on a remote South Pacific island awaken one morning with a with a hangover and no recollection of what transpired. When playing back a video of the previous night, 
they see they participated in a local ritual that somehow ends with him murdering her. Wait, they're watching it, but she's dead? Ooh, this sounds yes. like a thriller. Um, I'm going to say 20, 20s, and it's going to be uh, two points. Six. I'll go Seven. two. I was. I'm going to go two point eight. So we got two point eight, two point seven. This is sitting at a two point oh. Neither of you get the point on that, but you can guess yeah. the decade. Kyle, are you sticking with twenty twenties? Twenty twenty eight. Knowing what the, you know I'm, now, I'm going to stick the tens. Brendan, tens. Kyle. Sticking with your guns? Sure. And Kyle gets the point. Sticking with his guns. You are now tied with Brendan 3-3. If you get the year, you get the game. Guess the year. I mean, it's obviously the 2021 film. This is the 2020 film directed by Darren Lynn Boozman, Death of Me. So unfortunately, you guys stay tied. Both of you guys get a point for this episode. We're just way ahead of Ian already. It's crazy. Yep. New year, new loss. Can't wait. But, I mean, um, no one's going to catch up to Mitch. It's statistically impossible. No, we'll catch up. And if we just don't have them on. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We, I, I think... A New Year's re- resolution should be we should get Mitch on more episodes. No matter unless I agree. <laughs> no matter if we're taking an L in the game, I think um, we try to get Mitch on more more episodes. Definitely, definitely. And with that being said, this has been the successful sequel of the Ruminations Radio Network. Mine was better, even if it was worse. <laughs> Yours was more wordy, and I wasn't going to remember it. Successful sequel. If you like what we're doing here, give us a shout-out by liking our stuff on anything imaginable. You get, We're on Apple. We're on Spotify. We're on freaking not MySpace, but we're on Discord. We're on Discord. We're on Twitter. If you get on our Twitter, follow our uh, or join our Discord so you can join in on the fun. You can recommend us movies for us to watch um, and do a episode on. With that being said, I've been your host, Ian. Ghost of Ian. Ghost of Shima. Ghost under your bed. Ghost of your mom. Joining me virtually, the elastic Mr. Fantastic. Brendan Jesus or Taking Madison. Is he elastic? I actually don't even know what his powers are. Is that his only power to be elastic? He's strange. He's super smart as well. Oh, oh cool. I don't know if that's uh, power, but he is like one of the smartest people in the No, he just went to college. college. Um Hail Ratma. That's all I got. Also joining me. The fifteenth wonderful Doctor Who guessed it. You guessed it. Kyle with a K. Ruminations of Red Rum, the worst wig in Hollywood of the Ruminations of Red Rum. Stay spooky.